0: Welcome to the Proclaim Podcast, where we sit down with missionary disciples and talk all things around sharing Jesus with others.
1: Welcome back to the Proclaim Podcast. I'm here once again with Michael Hall, CCO missionary and author of Intentional Accompaniment. And Michael has been accompanying me uh, over the last number of episodes where we've been able to talk about intentional accompaniment, the framework. Uh, That helps missionary disciples lead people uh, into conversion with Jesus and then into, you might call it a missionary conversion, uh, to becoming missionary disciples. And so we've got one more episode that we want to talk about. And this one's kind of a neat one because I think it can uh, speak very practically to the leadership of parishes and the accompaniment of leaders. So, Michael, thanks again for joining us and for talking again about intentional accompaniment. Love doing it. Maybe what I'll do this time is I'm going to start with a scripture verse, and it comes from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. So if you're ever wanting to remember it, it's 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Super easy. This is what it says. And this is uh, St. Paul talking to Timothy. He says, And what you have heard from me through many witnesses, entrust to faithful people who will, all, who will have the ability to teach others as well. Now, this merits a rereading so that we hear it again. And what you heard from me through many witnesses in trust to faithful people who will have the ability to teach others as well. And so our topic today uh, for this particular podcast is sort of breaking down this kind of um, this uh, this scripture verse, but in a more simple language uh, so that we can understand that in this scripture we hear Paul talking about sort of layers or or levels of people that have been part of the journey of accompanying others. He he talks to Timothy and he's saying you heard something from me but you heard it from others. And then he's telling Timothy and trust other people to teach others. And so there's these kind of like generations or levels or you know different ways you can put it, but sometimes that language can get a little bit kind of wonky. Um and so Michael here and CCO has been talking about these sort of levels for a long time and it's just broken it down, even to just numbers. One, two, three, and four. So can you share with us a little bit of what that means? Absolutely. So
0: the one, two, three, four model is, it's basically, a, it's a way of managing spiritual multiplication. So it's, it's looking at how do you actually build a functioning movement of people that will be sustaining from like for years to come you actually have a, a a pipeline or a funnel of of leaders who are being built and leaders who are building into others who are building into others. So a little bit like what we're describing in 2 Timothy here, where Paul's saying, you know, teach others, teach others who can teach others, who can teach others, who can teach others, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's always this multiplication effect happening. So to break down like, you know, what is one, two, three, four? One is somebody who's participating in your program. And I'll use program here because it's important that this is not... Just anyone that you have any contact with, but now we're talking about in the context of a ministry, of a movement that you're trying to build and trying to make it something that can sustain itself, sustained growth generation after generation. So you have one are the people who are in your program. These are the people that you deliver the program to. Um, In our CCO context, we primarily look at that as somebody who's in our faith study program you know, that they're participating in a discovery study or a source study. You can extrapolate that out to whatever program you're using, whether that's, you know, through an alpha program, whatever, but they are they're in your program. They you're in your ministry, uh, kind of officially, if you want to put it that way. A two is someone who's leading the one. So a person who is directly ministering to the person who is participating. So us a, a faith study leader or an alpha small group leader. Um again extrapolate that out to whatever ministry you're doing, but you've got people who are in leadership directly reaching out to the people who the program is for. Then where things maybe get a little more um, revolutionary, I guess, is that you Less get- Less common. Sure. Let's lose that. That's <laughs> common. Maybe that's a little, <laughs> toning it down a little, um, is that you get the three and the four. So the three is someone who is primarily coaching the two. So, they are now taking that two under their wing and accompanying the two. It's not that they don't ever have contact with the one, but their main goal is to lead the two. And they're always asking the two, what's going on in the lives of your one? So that you understand what's happening in the lives of the one. And you're, in a sense, reaching out to them through the two Paul through the witnesses to Timothy. And then the four is leading those threes and accompanying them in their leadership of the twos. And they're constantly asking, As a four, to my three, what's happening in the life of the two? What's going on in their ministry? What's going on in their prayer life? So there's always this. It's it's basically this structured element of somebody is always accompanying somebody else, and there's always somebody who's there to kind of coach and lead and to form them into you know. And the goal will always be that you you hope that from the ones you're going to find the next twos, and from among the twos you're going to find the next threes, and in the threes you're going to find the next four. So there's In a way, it's this idea of succession planning, that you're always looking and saying, who can I call into leadership? But not just this particular level of leadership, but the next level of leadership. How do I grow them to replace me one day when it's my time to move on to something else?
1: Thanks for that overview. And for our our, uh, listeners and for this particular episode, I'd really love to dive into the three, Mm -hmm. that part of that whole model, the multipliers. And uh, I know you used the CCO um, context of face studies, but here in our Archdiocese of Vancouver with Proclaim and with the history of interaction with CCO and our Archdiocese, a lot of our parishes are using our faith studies. And so uh, I actually had a call with someone this morning, and uh, he was telling me about one of their initiatives that they had over covid and they got a group of leaders together who were willing to start um, a discovery face study for their parish. And their goal was to get 100 people in discovery. So they made a whole bunch of phone calls. They did this sort of phone blitz kind of idea. And, um, and they were pretty fruitful. Uh, I think they got about 50, which was amazing awesome. uh, through COVID, yeah. uh, no less. And uh, so they had their face study leaders and then they had these people. And then they had this one leader who kind of was overseeing all of it. So in the context of the model that you're sharing, um, and I didn't get to hear the whole story, so maybe there were threes, but in, right. in, that, in, in what I've just shared so far, we've identified one person who managed all of this, mm-hmm. who identifies, I, I guess you could say, is that four, and then you have your twos who are leading these small group discovery studies, and then you have the ones who, are, who were, they were the ones who were invited to take the face study. Like I said, though, I didn't get the full story of, of, this, of, the, of the situation, so there could very well be that group of threes that are helping, accompanying, starting that multiplication for those face study leaders and helping them and supporting them. Um, but I, I also find that overall, it's, it's an area of, um, of movement building, particularly here in Proclaim, as, as I can speak to the experience of it so far, that uh, can easily be not totally lost, but definitely not intentional. And uh, I was sharing with you, Michael, earlier that I heard a story of how some of the you know the big banks in industry, uh, they start their succession planning like 30, 40 years out, as in they're asking the questions, who is our CEO in 30 or 40 years? You know, they they start to look right down into the the mailbox room or whatever, you know, the the bottom of the totem pole. I'm not sure how, you know what it's what it's called, but they're already starting to look for who could be replacing their leaders. And in our parishes, I think that's something that we can ask uh, regularly. Who are the next generation of missionary disciples that we want to build into so that they understand how to do that themselves? And that goes right back to 2 Timothy, teach others who can do what we are doing. Um, and and part of that doing is multiplication. So let's talk a little bit about mm-hmm. those threes. Like, What is their specific role? What does it look like uh, in the context of a program like a small group face study?
0: So the three, I think in many ways you could say the three is what will make it go. The three is what will, or at least it'll make it sustainable for down the road. What I think often happens in a lot of our ministries um, is that we, we have the people who are the leaders, and then we have the people who are in the program. And then when those leaders are ready to move on to something else for whatever reason, we're, we, we're left scrambling because we haven't we haven't identified who who could fill in for them, and I think this happens i mean I think I can think of my own parish back at home, and for sure, like as um you know in like we were the marriage prep leaders for a long time, the the coordinators of marriage prep, and then we had to step out, and um there was not an obvious person to succeed to to kind of step in in succession and that and that in a sense was a little bit of our own fault, like we had been the coordinators for two years, and we hadn't identified anybody that could be now there happened to be someone who was able to step in, but that was out of luck. That wasn't out of good planning. Um and I think that happens in a lot of ministries, that we we kind of get to a spot where like, oh no, what do we do now? This person's retiring. This person's moving. This person just wants to do something else. Um, now what? And so the the idea of the three is that you have someone who is working with a group of people who are leading. Um they're doing the the kind of the direct program ministry, but you're you're leading them not just to help them do their job well, but you're trying to grow them so that they will be ready to become a three. So it's always this mentality of how do I help someone who's in one spot to move to the next one, or at least who do I identify out of the pool of of twos, the pool of threes who can be ready to move into that next phase, so that we're always like thinking succession. So that when we get to that point where somebody needs to move on, we aren't stuck in a lurch and going, "What do we do now
1: yeah you're I mean all of what you're saying, and I think you said this earlier, this is the heart of spiritual multiplication uh, when we can bring other people into the life of missionary discipleship, not only for them to be able to do the work of evangelization but to form others who can do the work now uh, I can imagine some of our listeners are thinking of what we're saying and um, and if they're like me, I'm, I'm asking questions around the differences between a three mm-hmm. and a four, meaning, like, isn't a four a three, like, wouldn't you say that someone who is coordinating all of these people, um, you know, in the example that I shared, coordinated a whole bunch of face-to-face leaders coordinated, uh, you know, a phone blitz and an invitation, and they set goals, and they did all these things and you know, they set all that up. Wouldn't you say that that's kind of the the role of multiplication? Or is there a difference between the particular actions of a three and one of a four?
0: So I I think, you know, in in some ways it's a a matter of volume. Um, So like using your example that you mentioned of like somebody, you know, a, a parish having like 50 people signing up for a discovery study. That's amazing. And you probably need at least 10 small group leaders to be able to do that. Is it really feasible for one person then, if you're going to have the, the accompaniment mindset that each of those leaders should have someone who accompanies them in their leadership, is it really feasible for that four to be able to actually accompany all of those ten people? Not likely. Um, even even in a full-time ministry perspective, that's hard, and in a volunteer ministry perspective, that's probably doubly hard because you've got life, you've got work, you've got all these other demands on your time to have 10 people that you need to be meeting with all the time, it's just not really feasible. So the you you have that other layer of leadership of people who are directly focusing on those twos, the people who are on the ground. And the four, then the four is more the vision, I would say the kind of they're 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 trying to to drive this movement forward. So they are they're casting vision of where this will go down the road. Um they're they're They have great concern for the one. You know, they're not not thinking about the one or forgetting about them or something like that. But they're probably not having direct contact with them, but they're still dreaming about the ones and they're dreaming about the next group of ones and the next group of twos and the next group of threes and how do I build all these people? Whereas the three is going to focus a little more on that particular two or maybe a a collection of twos that they're going to have the opportunity to accompany. And starting to look and say, okay, how do I help these people in this move forward in that actual ministry they're doing? And I think the four is a little bit of a bigger picture. Hmm.
1: No, that's a great distinction. I maybe to take it to like proclaim the proclaim movement and maybe to use movement language. A four is a is 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 doing movement accompaniment, and a three is a little bit more personal accompaniment, if you will. If there's any nuance mm-hmm. to that, uh, and uh, A four probably does a little bit more management organization to kind of, you know, like oversee all of what's happening within a particular program. And a three is someone who can kind of inform uh, the four, the manager, but also be with the people. And the people that they are particularly with are these small group leaders, people Mm -hmm. who are accompanying others. So um, it's hard sometimes to see uh, that this model is worth um, worth the squeeze, if you will, like, is the yeah. juice worth the squeeze? And because it does require more people. And when I think of parishes and the involvement of parishes, oftentimes we'll hear people say, you know, it's the same people doing the same things yes. over and over again. And so there is a lack of resources in, by way of people in order to do something like this. So when you say, hey, let's get let's get some people accompanying others who are leading, th- sometimes I think the response would just be like, Hey, that sounds great, but I got no one else who? to lead, right? Yeah. Who? Who's yeah. going to do it? So um, let's talk about like how to build up that who. Mm-hmm. Like, If you're in a situation uh, um, where you're listening to this and, and you're hearing what we're saying and it's like what we just said is, is true, you're one of the few people that are, you know, that are kind of engaging in everything and you're wondering like, well, how do I get these threes on board? Like, How do we start that?
0: Well, I think the first thing you have to start is you have to make the decision that that's what you want to do. Because I think what often ends up happening is we we just say, Well, these are the people we've got, and we're just gonna do whatever we can with them. And we end up burning them out. You know, because they're the same people, the same people who lead baptismal prep are also leading marriage prep, are also leading the liturgical committee and, and the hospitality committee. And it's like, oh, it's always the same six people. Right. Uh and and in a way, like the answer is is turn instead of like, maybe it's even to cut down on some of those things, but to put the focus for a little while on building some leaders so that you can grow those things out. It's very similar to what you would think if you're running a business. Like at some point you have to not just do it all yourself. You have to bring in other people, but that's hard because you're like, it it can be in the spot of like, I don't know how to bring another person into this company because I'm too busy. There's too many things to be done. But at some point you have to make that decision because you can only grow so much when there's just a handful of people that are running some things. So if you're looking at your parish ministries, you kind of have to make the decision of what's the most important thing for us here. Is it just to deliver what we're doing? Or do I want to have a a kind of grander vision, if you will, of building a collection of leaders and generations of leaders who will be self-sustaining and who will build the next generation afterwards? Because it's not like those leaders are just sitting there you just haven't found them that's not likely to be the case you know ready to go and you just need to put them into place they they need to be built so it's to me it starts with that choice i'm going to choose accompaniment which means slower growth yes right like the the idea of spiritual multiplication if you um if if you've ever done it, it's the idea of exponential growth which you're better at this stuff than I am with all the math and <laughs> graphs and all that. Um, but if you, you you think of an exponential growth chart, it starts off really slow. And then all of a sudden it takes off, but that takes a long time to get there. That's a hard decision sometimes in a ministry setting because you're looking and going, oh, our, our ministry didn't grow this year or it just barely grew a couple people, a couple extra leaders. But to have that long-term mindset of, yeah, it'll be slow for a little while because we're putting all this effort into these leaders. But then as we do that, once those leaders are ready to go and those leaders can start reaching out to leaders, and then those leaders who have been reached out to can start reaching out and you start to, to see that exponential growth actually take off, then all of a sudden your pool of leaders will go from small to quite big. And now you've got possibilities in front of you.
1: Yeah, let's take this to a practical example. Another mm-hmm. parish that I get to work with here and proclaim in the Archdiocese of Vancouver, uh, over the period of COVID, they had small groups running. And I think it was somewhere between 35 and 50 small groups, which is pretty incredible. Amazing. And you have so many of these small group leaders that uh, if, you, if you were to take the additional mindsets, you, you might just kind of leave them to their own to kind of figure it out. Uh, but an intentional plan or a decision to move towards multiplication Uh, would get you thinking about other things that you can do to support those small group leaders. And so this parish, uh, on a monthly basis, they gather all those small group leaders and they offer a little bit of support and training and accompaniment in that model. Uh, They don't have too many of the the threes, but they're starting to try to get that mindset in place. And so one of their last monthly trainings uh, that I heard of, uh, they, they not only had their small group leaders gather, but they asked their small groups to start inviting some people that are in their small group faith studies to join them. And, uh, and, the, and I guess the criteria for that inv- invitation was, if you feel as though like they're starting to grow in discipleship and would like to engage in the mission of the parish to evangelize, invite them into this next step. I think having these like moments of invitation are really important so that when we are, when we are twos leading ones in a small group, Part of our mindset is praying, prophetically listening, asking like, what's the next steps and thinking um, selection, like who in this group uh, could God be selecting to kind of take on the role of leadership uh, as a two and then as a three, maybe a four, like all of us are called to be missionary disciples. Some of us are called to take accompanying roles, service roles and whatever, but there are others that really are um, given gifts and charisms of leadership and multiplication, we can all contribute it, to it. So I think that's a really important thing. Another thing that I'll, I'll share as well is another parish that um, that is working towards this uh, model of accompaniment um, and multiplication. They plan they plan like separate meetings or trainings or accompaniment like kind of gatherings for their leaders that's separate from the small groups. And so. For parishes that are running small group face studies, and as I've mentioned, discovery is one of those uh, face studies that we use pretty regularly here in the archdiocese. Uh, they're not just saying Thursday nights is our discovery night. They're saying Thursday nights is our discovery night, and Wednesday evenings is our leaders' night. Mm-hmm. And so um, the commitment isn't just about leading the face study, but the commitment is also to be part of an event, a multiplication process mm-hmm. that um, that kind of continues to feed leaders, and then to grow leaders.
0: And I think a lot of that comes down to the way that the fours and the threes relate to the the threes and the twos. Yes. So when a four is speaking to a three, uh, you don't just ask, well, how are things going? How are you doing in your leadership? Or a three to a two, how did your group go this week? Were you okay with the content? Those are all important things. You don't need to talk about those. But you also need to ask about the people. And this goes back a little bit to our conversation about programs, per, people in Pericles, right? That our focus on one person at a time, and and being able to to instill that that spiritual multiplication mindset, so that when you, when as the four, you're saying to the threes, so who do you think among the twos are are ready to move up to a three, or who do you think could be, and what do we need to do to help them move there? That that sort of conversation. It drives the mentality forward, and if that's permeating all of the conversations in your organization or, I guess, in your ministry, that's it's going to create a culture of multiplication, which is ultimately what you want to drive yourself towards because then all of your leaders are always thinking, who's next? Who's the next person I can invite into from a one to a two? Who's the next two I can invite to become a three? Who's a three who's ready to, to be managing a movement as a four? Um, And so as we're constantly asking that question and, and, and training ourselves as leaders to not just check on how the program's going, but actually to be checking in on the people and to be asking about their leadership potential, then it's going to create a snowball effect and everybody will start thinking that way. But it's hard to get that ball rolling. Like that, it starts with someone who's going to have the courage to say, I'm going to, put that into my leadership questions right. of what I want to do, and I want to encourage others to do that. And yeah. it it's hard to get that started, but once it gets going, you yeah. can have a culture that will support it.
1: Yeah, there you go. So our invitation to you is to double down on your investment of people to know that it's going to require more time and more effort. It's going to feel a little slower, but the results and the fruitfulness of multiplication always outwins the fruitsfulness of addition. Um, I'll share as well, I think that one of the additional fruits of this model of multiplication can also sharpen our skills as prophetic listeners. I know in our previous episode, we just talked about prophetic listening, being able to ask questions and understand where people are at. When we have someone that is asking us about other people, then it can um, kind of help strengthen our own awareness of what is it that we heard uh, in our conversations and in our prophetic listening and, uh, and the people that are asking us can, you know, gently keep us accountable, but also can help uh, us see some of the blind spots that we might be missing. And this is the beauty of a movement. Uh, when, we, when we grow movements of evangelization in our homes, in our communities, we work together to build the mission um, and to evangelize others. And so as you're working to build your own movements uh, in your parishes, in your communities, I want to encourage you. To reflect on spiritual multiplication, and to reflect on the people that that God has entrusted you um, to uh, to accompany, and to think about what next step you might invite them into. Uh, If you have disciples that are around you, who among them uh, could receive a positive invitation to become a missionary disciple, and how can you lead them and accompany them? So I think we're going to pause there for now because. If you gave us the mics and the rest of the day, we'd probably talk about this till uh, lights are out and the uh, and the power and the batteries are done. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, spend with Proclaim in these last number of episodes. Thank you for the work that you have done in formulating some of the experiences and wisdom and principles of intentional accompaniment in writing the book, Intentional Accompaniment. There is a helicopter that is flying over our, um, our location of, of recording right now. So uh, to our listeners, I'm sure you heard some of that. Maybe your editors were able to take it out, who knows. Um, but to continue my affirmation, thank you so much for all that you're doing. And uh, and if, if our listeners, if you're looking to get the book Intentional Accompaniment, you can get it at store.cco.ca. And we hope that this has been a fruitful series in forming you as missionary disciples and in the Proclaim movement to inspire disciples to proclaim Jesus. Michael, do you have any final words?
0: It's just, it's amazing what's going on here with Proclaim, what's happening in the Archdiocese, the work you're doing, Eric. Like this is uh, I, you know, I get to hear bits and pieces through uh, our folks that work with uh, parish clients and that sort of thing, and I think what's happening here is is a model for what needs to happen in a lot of dioceses across our country and across the world, really. So I think you guys are really taking a huge leadership, um, and that's you know, in large part thanks to Archbishop Miller's leadership there yes. and what you're doing. Um, but this is amazing. It's amazing to hear. It always makes me so happy to hear what's happening back at home here in Vancouver, and uh, yeah, just uh, I, I hope whatever we're able to add to it is is helpful, just to keep keep that uh, that ball rolling and keep this amazing um, start that you guys have just to to continue to see it grow and grow.
1: Thank you, Michael. We have lots of work to do. The good news is that God is always in charge, and that yeah. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time.